0: Okay, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Responsibilities with you guys, come on. Good morning. good morning. That's it, well done, well done. It's great to see you. And again, I celebrate you. If you're a father this morning, God's blessed you with that gift. It's a responsibility, but he gives us the grace to do it. And uh, thankfully, he's a good and perfect heavenly father who forgives, isn't he? And he's so good to us. So let's uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 13. We are continuing looking at love and the importance of love. Paul is writing to a church, and don't we all who need to be reminded of love. To love is the greatest thing. There must be a song like that. Love is the greatest thing. There must be something, yeah. Love is the greatest thing. Love is eternal. Gifts are important, but the motivations, if you look at the beginning of 1, 1 Corinthians 13, he talks about... If I speak, if I use gifts, no matter how powerful, gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about miracles, we're talking about me doing this, what I'm doing this morning, you know, we've got the obvious outward gifts, but anything that we do, serving at New Day, all that we've heard about, if we don't do it out of love, out of, for the good of others to build them up, then it counts for nothing with God. So that's why we've got to learn to live a life of love, and we're talking about This simple but complex idea of love expressed so perfectly in the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life on the cross to save us who deserve nothing, who have sinned. He died for us. That's the, that's the, uh, he is the greatest example and the one we are imitating and so when we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whatever gifts of service that we use, we are seeking to build others up, regardless of their merit, and that's hard. Regardless of that, their response even. Regardless, we, we, we give and we serve and we love people, regardless. And I know we're not doing this perfectly, you know, I'd like to say that I serve people and I am continue loving people regardless of how they... Uh, irrespective of how they respond. But that's what we're called to do. And by the Spirit, God will continue to help us if we pray and ask him to help us. Let's pray now. Lord, help us, I pray this morning. Thank you that you're with us. We thank you for that, that words of that song. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And that's not presumption. That is the, because of the promise that I will surely be with you to the very end of the age. We thank you you're with us. And would you... Please help us this morning, help me to speak, help each of us to listen, and to be changed where you want us to change, in Jesus' name, amen. So let's continue, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 12, love never fails, turn to your neighbor and say, love never fails. Love never fails, love never ends, it's kind of what he's saying. Love is something, and he's going to see, if you go to the end of this, he says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. In other words, love is eternal. And I'm going to be doing, a, after the summer, we're going to do a little summer series coming up, but after the summer we'll be coming back to these, this idea of love never fails at the end. But love is eternal throughout, his, throughout eternity, in eternal life that you get through Jesus Christ. You will be loving God, and you will be loving each other, but perfectly, and won't that be good? we have all been let down by people. We've all been let down by people who should have known better, and we should have had more from, right? But for eternity, you're gonna be loving each other, and loving God non- perfectly. It's gonna be the greatest community, the greatest earth, the earth will be renewed, and you will be living in that place, loving each other, loving God perfectly. And you taste it now, don't you? you? You have a foretaste of it now. The way we have community now is meant to reflect that future. That perfect future we're meant to be experiencing in measure right now. And that's why the title of my message today is Live Now. In light of then. Live now. In light of then. Let's continue reading. Love never fails. Thank you. But where there are prophets. So now he's talking about gifts of the spirit. Where there are prophecies. They will cease. So these these will not last forever. Where there are tongues. They will be stilled. Where there is knowledge. It will pass away. So you can see here what he's saying is. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, and, and all of them, the, things that, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, are, are going to come to an end. They are very important, but they are coming to an end. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. When completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was... And he illustrates this idea... When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. That's an illustration. And then he says, um, another illustration. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. So you can see this, living now and then. Now we taste of the future, something, we smell the cooking, as it were. We're not having the feast, but we're smelling the cooking. We're enjoying stuff now, but there is a greater thing to come. The fullness is going to come. And it says, but now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these in love. And I'll talk about that next message more. So think about a holiday. Think about if you were going on a holiday, um, Helen and I are going to be going on holiday soon. We're going to be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. Thank you. That's Thank you, Lord, for giving her patience to put up with me. But seriously, that's real, no, we're going to be celebrating our wedding anniversary, and we're going to be going on a holiday together. And because in anticipation of that, Helen has been looking at pictures of that and looking at the place and booking some things and organizing some stuff. I I say Helen, you see. She's preparing for it. And um, there's excitement, isn't there? Think about if you were going somewhere good. Think about if you were going to be going on holiday or or anything that you're going to enjoy. There'd be excitement, wouldn't there? There'd be anticipation. There'd be planning. There'd be some maybe packing in anticipation. Maybe you've got to buy some new um, bags or something to put your stuff in. Maybe you're going to buy yourself some new clothes to enjoy that, right? Uh, You you prepare, don't you, for the future. How do you live now in light of the future? It's like that. We do that all the time for lots of things, otherwise nothing gets organized. So, that holiday idea you prepare now and you get excited now and you you kind of experience it to some degree maybe you look at some pictures and you kind of experience in it to some measure now even before you get there and that's the christian life the christian life is we've got a wonderful future of glory with god and there'll be no suffering and no sickness no more tears and sorrow, all of that will pass away when Jesus comes again. And when you die now as a Christian, you pass through to heaven. And that's a gift for any one of you. You can know that death is, an op- is a door to, a, to, the, to God's presence. And you can experience that future now. We live now in light of then. And that's that reading that we've just had from 1 Corinthians 13. Really, that's what it's saying. Live now in light of then. So let's just go through this passage now and then. Let's let's look at the what what he's he's comparing the future to now. Okay? Um, Our lives have got so much beauty in. We just sang that song. Went through the woods and forest glades I wander. See the birds hear the birds, rather, sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down on forest and mountain grandeur and other stuff as well, I can't remember the words, but you know that that there is so much beauty in this world. People, so much kindness and and generosity and love. So much of the image of God around us, so much of his goodness around us. All of it is a a shadow of what will be. And whenever you see goodness, we have to say, wow, isn't this wonderful? Thank you, Lord. But this is a foretaste of the glories that is to come. This is not the holiday. This is not the glory. This is now. So let's say, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. So now we have gifts. There are prophecies. And these are just some examples. There are tongues. But then they will be stealed. Then these gifts will pass away. In this age we have gifts. Because what, what why will these gifts of like like teaching like this pass away? Because you will see God face to face. Because you will know fully, even as you are fully known. You will know God directly. We won't need prophecies to remind us of God's goodness and power and his mission. You won't need prophecies to remind you of his love. So prophecies are speaking inspired speech from God. And maybe it will be something like this. I want to remind you this morning... That you are, you know, if we talk about Father's Day, you are adopted into the family of God. This could be a kind of prophetic word, couldn't it? I want to remind you, church, this morning, that you are his family. That could be a prophetic word, couldn't it? I want to remind you that he has purchased you and adopted you and he loves you as a perfect heavenly father. You could say in the first person, couldn't you? I want you to know this from the Lord. Or you can speak more like that. He wants you to know that. That's a prophetic word. What? You won't need that because you will see God face to face, and He will be saying to you, "You are my perfect child. I love you. I've purchased you. You will. You will. You. It's going to be bigger than anything I can explain. Any illustration I give you is it's just a, like, a, like a candle to the sun. It, it's just eclipsed by the gl- greater glory that's coming. Why would you want prophecy from me when you can have God face to face? That's why you have gifts now. You won't need gifts then. You won't need revelation then of God because you'll have God. We won't have struggles then. We won't have sickness then. We won't won't have depression then. We won't doubt our faith then. We all doubt our faith from time to time. We need to encourage each other. You won't need me to encourage you. You won't need your community group to encourage you. You'll, you'll, you'll be together with your, pe- your friends and family, but you won't need the encouragement in the same way because you'll never doubt your faith because you'll see face to face. Faith will become vision. So we have gifts now. We won't have gifts then. That's the then and now thing. We smell the cooking now, but then we will have the feast. It says, for we know in part... We prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. We know in part, meros, we have a portion, a portion. So last week, Susie made me a banana cake, Susie Hansford, didn't you, Susie? And it was lovely. Sorry, guys, if you feel left out, right? Sorry. It's probably because I'm special. It's probably because she knows I need building up more than you, You so you're more secure than me. Anyway, she made me a banana cake. And I want to let you know, guys, I was so generous and kind. The grace of God was so powerful in my life that I, I, I took portions into the office and shared it, okay? I know, don't give any glory to Susie. This is all to me. This is what I did, okay? I gave them, por- <laughs> I gave them portions. But it's a, t- it's a taste, right? It's a taste. And that's what we have now. We have a taste of heaven. We have a taste of God. Anything you have is a, is, is a foretaste. It's a portion, a meros, a portion of God. It's, it's an experience of God in such a small measure compared to the glory, the infinite glory, the infinite time. The, you know, all sin will be removed. Your capacities to see God and your abilities to appreciate So your appetites now and your appreciation are, are, you know, you know, like you say to kids sometimes, you should like this food. I don't like this food. That's like you, right? You should like God more. You should love God more. We should all love God more. He should be our greatest interest. He should be our greatest, you know, person from whom we get our joy, but we don't, do we? Because our appetites are so still corrupted and so on. But in heaven, we're going to be like perfectly able to receive and in the presence of God. So the infinite presence of God and an infinite capacity maybe, I don't know, I'm probably going too far now, but a great capacity to receive. And it'll be amazing, won't it? You won't be distracted. You know, I, I don't know what, what all that heaven's going to be like, but it's going to be quite something. So now we know in part. Then we will know fully, even as we are fully known. Now we have a portion of banana cake, as it were. Then you'll have the full thing, the glorious one, the greatest thing, God Himself. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Completeness. When completeness comes, what is completeness? Teleos. The idea comes with like, you get telescope. You get your telescope. And you see the distance when completeness comes. So if you're looking for a telescope, you see maybe the island over there. But it's a distance. It's over there. When completeness comes, when, when that age comes, when Jesus comes, when completeness comes. We don't live in completeness. Don't be super spiritual. You have not received all of God's that you could, and I'm sure you, none of you think that anyway. There is, we live in the now and not yet. We do not experience the kingdom of God like we will. That's why we have the mysteries of, of, of why we don't see everybody healed, for example. Why we don't see everybody set free. Why we don't see everything as we would like to see it, all suffering, dealt with. We don't, do we? And if you're honest, you know you don't. And I'm going to go into application in a minute later, but in the, m- this is not completeness. When completeness comes, you'll have all those perf- imperfection. Completeness, some people would say, when completeness comes it talks about those gifts passing th- that some people think of that as the Bible. When we get the Bible, we won't have prophecies, we won't have tongues. We won't have those revelation gifts. It, it can't possibly mean the Bible. Because even with a Bible, you do not know God fully, even as you are fully known, do you? It's not it's just not possible in this age to know God fully, even as you are fully known. It's clearly talking about, and in the context, if you just read it yourself, the obvious meaning is about Jesus coming again. That's when prophecies end. That's when tongues end. That's when the gifts end. Not now. When we've got a Bible. In fact, you need the gifts to teach the Bible. One of the gifts is teaching, isn't it? So, he illustrates this idea of now and not yet by using an illustration of a child. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. This is an illustration of what we're saying here. Now it's like Im- the immaturity of what we will have. This is not negative. It's not saying we are, this is chi- you're childish, you need to grow up. He's saying this age, all of us, it's like childhood. It's, it's as yet not mature. We're not yet in that age when all things will be perfected. Like a child reflects the adult. The, the child is good. A child is good. A child—it's good that a, you know when a child toddles or, or crawls or eats mushy food or gurgles. These are all good things. He's not talking negatively. Like you're childish. No, we are like children, in a, in a good way. You know, we're not there yet. We're not what we will be. The, that's the illustration. And there are things that are suitable for children. From conception, right the way through their age, a child is precious. And there are things that are suitable for a child at any age. So a womb is suitable for a child at a certain age. Breastfeeding is suitable for a child at a certain age. Mushy food, nappies, toddling, walking. Gurgling, reading, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a progression there. And it's true for us. Gifts are appropriate for this age. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts appropriate for this age, but they will not be in that future age. That's the illustration. That's the point he's making. We put the ways of childhood behind me. We'll put the ways of this age behind us. We'll put prophecies behind us because we'll see face to face. We'll put teaching behind us because we'll know fully as we're fully known. We'll we'll put the gifts behind us because then we will be like the adult, as it were. We'll be what we're meant to be. Gifts give us an incomplete image. For we know, for now we see only a reflection. Again, he's using another illustration. We see only a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. You know, Corinth was a famous producer of mirrors in the first century. That's why he's using the illustration for them, because they'll understand, particularly. And we know that the, a first century mirror was very good, but it was not the perfect image. We could say, I- in modern parlance, that we now see as in a photograph. Because any photograph or any image of that holiday that you're going to experience, it's, it's completely incomplete, isn't it? You can look at a photograph and go, isn't that, good? Isn't that look like a lovely mountain or a lovely beach or a lovely... And it's true of a mirror as well. I know, you, I know you're seeing yourself, but the point is you see an image. You're seeing an image of heaven. You're seeing an image of God. Anything we see, it's an incomplete image now compared to what we will see then. So now we see in this age, we have an incomplete and indirect vision of God. Like looking at a photograph, as it were. And let's think, remember this, gifts are like helping people to see the image of God. So when you teach, you help people to see the image of God. When you bring prophecies, you help people to see God and to know his purposes. Any gift. So even gifts of service, right? So we talked about, help get, can you please uh, help to unpack the van at New Day? Well, that's helping people to see what God is like in the sense that he serves and he's humble. And he, he, it's like the gospel. He gives what people don't deserve. I mean, that's unpacking a van. I know it sounds a bit glorious, as it were, but try and think that way. Why will I unpack the ground? You know, I've got so many things to do. My life is busy. Why would I possibly ever serve people sacrificially? Because I've got too much to do. Well, because of the gospel, God laid aside his own uh, pleasures and so on and went and served others. And that's by doing that, we give people an image of God. And it, so you see what I mean? It's an incomplete image, but it's still an image of God. So all the gifts help us to see as in a mirror. Help us to see, help us to show God. Then we shall know fully. So we can see then. There's this idea, there's then and now. Now it's not the mature version of what we're going to have. Now it's like an image of what we're going to have. Now, all the things that we enjoy are just a foretaste of that future glory that we're going to have. So, let's think about a few points of application here. Live now in light of then. So, now, the church needs your gifts. Do you see that? He's not nullifying this. Now, in this age, your brothers need your encouragement. Your sisters need your encouragement. They need you to bring the image of God to them. They need you to lift them up. They need you to pray for them. They need you to inspire them. They need you, when they're struggling, to come alongside them and say, let me remind you of what the Bible teaches. Let me remind you of the promises of God. In this age, we need each other. You need to be devoted to a a local church. Can you see this? In this age, now, you need to be in a local church where you're using your gifts and you're receiving the encouragement from others. Because you don't live in completeness. You cannot just live your life on your own and expect to live a healthy Christian life. You need each other in this age. So use your gifts. That's my first thing. Live now in light of then. Then, then. You'll have the vision of God. Then you'll have perf- you'll know fully as you're f- fully known. Then so now help people to ha- experience that in th- with the gifts you have, with the ways you can live now in light of then. Right? Then is going to there's going to be final judgment. Then there will be judgment for sin. How will we live now in light of then? God, the perfect judge. Well, what we do is we help to, to show, the, show the love of God, don't we? It's got to it's have the way we live, the way we serve, at work, at school, wherever we are. We show the patience and love of God to people. And we also speak where we can. Of the love of God to people. Because if we have a vision of then. We, we understand there is judgment coming. Through Christ. You can be forgiven. Through the death of Jesus. You can receive t- the gift of eternal life. So live now in light of then. Pray. Help me Lord. Help me to, be, help me to represent you well in everything I do. Help me not to be angry and and moaning and groaning and it, like we can get like but by the spirit we can be more ho- we can be hopeful can't we and we can be patient and we can show people what god is like and there's lots i could say about that as well so live now in light of then enjoying god knowing and enjoying god then you will know fully even as you are fully known so That means right now you can know and enjoy God in measure. Yes, it's not mature. Yes, it's like a reflection. Yes, it's not the real thing, the complete thing rather. It is the real thing. Not the complete thing, but it is your greatest joy. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. He calms our sorrows, drives away our tears knowing God now see then this is what Jesus says father i want those you have given me to be with me where i am to see my glory the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world you know you will see jesus his glory but right now, you can experience something of his glory and his, and, and his beauty right now by the Spirit, through his word, through the Spirit. Even looking at creation. With the right eyes, with the eyes of faith, if we will see creation through the eyes of, wow, we praise you, Lord, for this beauty. We praise you, Lord, for the, the, these mountains. We praise you, Lord, for what they say about who you are. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Says the psalmist, right? If we can have those sort of eyes. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. The hills speak of his greatness. We can know and enjoy God now. He says the secret things belong to the Lord. You know, there are many secret things, Deuteronomy. There are many secret things that we don't know yet. The secret things belong to the Lord. But the things revealed belong to us, our children forever that we may follow all his words. You know, God has given you so much in his word now. He's revealed so much to us so that we can know him and enjoy him right now in this age through the Spirit. We can experience heaven in measure now. In Ephesians 4, Paul talks about the Spirit being a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So the Holy Spirit gives us a deposit A foretaste. You know, when you give a deposit, it's a little bit of the money, maybe, of the full payment. But this is the other way around. God has given you a deposit of the full banquet, of the full image, of the full glory. When we come together as a church, we should expect to taste of the glory of God in our midst. As we worship, as we sing His praise, Ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you and experience heaven. A deposit. And no matter how glorious it is, no matter how the tears flow, no matter how much joy you feel, it is a deposit of that future glory that is coming. And you can leave this place. And it can be in your personal devotions as well. But we need to go from those places into into the world you see, lifted up and strengthened by that glory of God so let's have let's worship now let's let's do that